tonight. Black Adam keeps hiring. Peter David takes another crack at X Factor. And we remember voiceover artist Mark Elliott. And now, our feature presentation. Multiverse, tonight! Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. Here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 122, uh, comic book edition of Multiverse Tonight. I'm, of course, uh, as I said, Thomas Townley, as I introduce myself, because who else will? Uh, it's, uh, again, I'm recording this on Monday, which is going to be a very nice, which is a very nice sunny day. The, the... Right before a very cold snowstorm makes its way in the last gasp of winter. So, uh, it's very annoying. As I mentioned in the sci-fi edition, um, my hours, uh, my, my hours and days off have changed the work. I'll be going in later, coming home later. And also, they've moved my days off from a, from Sunday, Monday which was nice, to Friday-Sunday, which is just a pain in the butt. So now I'm going to have to move the recording date uh, for the show. I'm going to probably move it to Friday. So uh, if if you have Fridays off and you want to watch me record new episodes, uh, you're more than welcome to. You can go to Twitch or YouTube on Friday the 7th, around 1, 1 p.m., thereabouts, and uh, I'll be recording new episodes. But that also means that normally I record on Monday, I release on Tuesday, so there will not be a new episode uh, of the Sci-Fi Edition on the 4th. So uh, I, I don't know what you know how I'm going to do that, where I'm just going to record one episode that week on the seventh, and then just go back into regular rotation, or whether I'm going to uh, release a sci-fi and comic edition on the tenth, and then just change the change the dates or something. I don't know. I think I'll probably just release a, like an omnibus episode there on the seventh, and just call it good. So if you really like that. And you really want me to just record one episode of of combined comic book and sci-fi news? You know, everyone, get together, listen to that one episode, really run the numbers up, get your friends and family, run those numbers up, and maybe I'll just start recording one comic book and sci-fi edition like I did when I started the podcast. And, you know, because... You know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me. The only reason I split the show into two was I felt that you know it, w- it was running like forty minutes to an episode, 
or more, 40 minutes or more to an episode. And I thought that was maybe a little bit long for people to just, you know, sit and listen to one person talk. I'm lucky that I don't talk in a monotone like this. Hi, welcome to Multiverse Tonight. I'm your host, Thomas Townley. You know, I at least try to, try to, you know, vary my, vary my voice and vary what I say. So anyway, um, that's enough of that. So, uh, let's go, go ahead and get on with the DC Comics News. And uh, we begin with uh, Black Adam, which has now started production, but is still in the process of casting as well. The Hollywood Reporter has revealed that 13-year-old Bodhi Sabangui has been cast in a secret uh, role. Now, in now Sabangui has had appearances on uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, ABC's A Million Little Things, and Netflix's The Babysitter's Club. 13-year-old, I'm guessing uh, Black Adam is a kid. I'm guessing, uh, you know, I don't know. What well, what roles could there be? Uh, over at Shazam 2, the Lucy Liu has been signed on to play the villainess named Calypso, which is, she's the second daughter of Atlas and, si- and sister to Hespera, who will be played by Helen Mirren in the movie. Now, Shazam 2, Fear of the Gods, is set to start shooting next month and is set for release on June 2nd, 2023. Uh, now, also, uh, casting news, Deadline.com has an exclusive report that Aquaman 2 is working on casting Game of Thrones alum Pilou Azbek in an unknown role. Now, the, that film is set to hit theaters in December 26th of 2022. Now, that's a lot of uh, casting news. Let's uh, let's hope for the best. A rare copy of Action Comics number one has sold at auction for three point two five million dollars, being a previous record set in twenty fourteen. Now this copy was bought in uh, twenty eighteen for more than two million dollars. So, in other words, the guy got his investment. A writer on the Justice League movie claims that Warner Brothers has no plan had no plan of order for building a connected DC Films universe. Writer Chris Terrio, talking to Vanity Fair, said, quote, I never had anything direct with him. Talking about Warner Brothers chairman Kevin uh, Suihara, as far as I can tell, and the brass at the very top decided the order of the films. I was not consulted on the order of the films, even though I was the person writing Justice League. They just determined that it was going to be Batman Superman, and then Wonder Woman, then Justice League, and then Aquaman. So there was never any thought to how the, con- how the world was constructed before they issued this edict, they said, conform to this schedule. The Wonder Woman script wasn't even finished when I wrote Justice League, so I had no basis to write Wonder Woman other than Batman vs. Superman. The masquerade didn't even exist. I was never shown anything on the page for it. I didn't know whether people could talk underwater. That was the a scene that I had to ask because I didn't know if I could do underwater scenes with Aquaman and the Atlanteans. 
It was all just from scratch because there had been no solo character films. So Justice League needed to establish three of the characters. It had to create a long game mythology for the DC Universe. It had to resurrect Superman because he was dead at the end of the last movie. I just don't know how you could do all that in under two hours. Maybe the 2017 release proved that you couldn't, unquote. Now, uh, that just kind of shows that the the suits at uh, Warner Brothers just have no clue what they have. And instead of looking at the Marvel model on how to do this, Marvel established a very you know, well-thought-out model of we start here, then we go here, then we go here, then we go here, then we have the team up, then we start a new set. We start here, we go here, we go here, we go here, we have the team up. You know? Why the suits of Warner Brothers couldn't figure that out? Who knows? Anyway. Uh, do you like the music of the Snyder Cut? Do you want it on vinyl? Mondo is set to uh, slake, your, slake your thirst with the limited edition Zack Snyder Justice League 7XLP box set. Available for pre-order on their website. Now, for $200, you get four hours of Tom Holkenborg's score pressed across seven discs with a laser-etched B-side on the final disc. It's all housed in a white and silver foil stamped hard shell slipcase with the individual sleeves featuring images of Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, and Darkseid. Now, Mondo said about it in a quote, uh, quote, but the uh, big budget redemption arc of the opportunity to build upon what he had started many years ago with new skills and tools, this time with no other cook in the kitchen but his director and friend, as pure as any film music expression has ever existed, Hulkenborg's nearly four-hour opus is a bomb is as bombastic and singular as the film is at film accompaniments. And we are honored to present the premiere physical release with this staggering work of expression. And, unquote. It's like expression and consumerism. And I still haven't, I still haven't sat down to watch either cut of Justice League. It's just again, you know, when they, when when Warner Brothers doesn't care to, you know, create a cohesive, and a, a cohesive universe. Why should I care to you know sit down and and watch their work? Anyway, wow, I'm kind of uh, catty today, aren't I? Let's go on to the Marvel news. Writer Peter David is having another crack at X-Factor. In July's X-Men Legends number 5, David's X-Factor team of Polaris, Havoc, Wolfsbane, Strong Guy, Quicksilver, Multiple Man, and Government Liaison Val Cooper will have uh, will will show up again. In a statement, Mr. David said, quote, "X-Factor are old friends of mine, and I was delighted when Marvel gave me the opportunity to revisit them." I have to admit, I was a little concerned since so many years have passed, but the moment I started writing them, it was like no time had gone by at all. The unquote. The issue will fill in what happened to the team between issues 75 and 76. X-Men Legends will have art by Todd Nuck. 
Black Widow has officially been given a PG-13 rating by the Motion Picture Association of America. The PG rating is for intense sequences of violence and action, some language and thematic material. The movie will premiere in theaters in, on, and on Disney Plus premiere on July 9th. Marvel is reviving the Amazing Fantasy title in a new series by writer and artist Care Andrews. The Amazing Fans, the new Amazing Fantasy will have a Captain America, Spider-Man, and Black Widow, all of whom have been plucked from different time periods and dropped to a mysterious island. Black Widow comes from when she was a student of Russia's Red Room. Red Room, Red Room. Spider-Man, somewhere back when he was still in high school. And Captain America from his World War II days. In a statement, Andrews says, quote, My very first memories of reading anything, even before I could read words, were of holding a Marvel comic in my hands at the age of four. I had no idea what the characters were saying, but I was enchanted with the story told through pictures. It is a thrill to return to a new Marvel Limited series, writing and drawing not just my favorite characters, but my favorite versions of these characters. I just had to come up with a plan to put World War II Captain America, Teenage Spider-Man, and Spy School Black Widow into the same adventure. This is a story that combines not just different Marvel eras, but different art styles to depict them. As a creator, sometimes you want to invent new heroes and villains to expand the universe into different places or ideas. But sometimes there is even an even greater power in embracing what has come before. I'm telling fresh and passionate stories, passionate tales with heroes that an audience has already invested in a lifetime in. There is a beating heart to these archetypes, and they need to live again. Unquote. Amazing Fantasy number 1 comes out on July... 28th. Marvel has announced that She-Hulk has a target on her back at, at in this late in this July as they kick off World War She-Hulk. Now here's the press release quote: Jason Aaron and Javier Garon's run on Avengers continues this July with the storyline She-Hulk fans have been waiting for. Beginning in Avengers number 46, World War She-Hulk will bring Jennifer Walters' current journey to its pulse-pounding conclusion, setting the hero on a new path just in time for Avengers number 50. An homage to the hit 2007 crossover event by Greg Peck, World War She-Hulk will stand on its own as a new pulse-pounding saga in the Hulk mythos. The action-packed arc will see She-Hulk facing off against Red Guardian and the Winter Guard. After the shocking events of Enter the Phoenix, the Earth has become more fractured and volatile than ever, especially for the Avengers. Once She-Hulk is declared a global menace, Russia's mightiest heroes, the Winter Guard, are tasked with bringing Jen to justice and face a fate no Hulk could hope to endure. When the Russian War Guard invades Avengers Mountain to arrest She-Hulk, it sets off a global espionage adventure that takes us from the notorious Assassin Training Academy of the Red Room through the undersea kingdom on the verge of a violent revolution, said writer Aaron. Along the way, traitors will fall, regimes will crumble, and the dark evolution of Jennifer Walters will reach its bloody red crescendo as we all build towards the epic events of Avengers number 50. Don't miss this exciting chapter in the saga of She-Hulk when Avengers number 46 hits stands on July 7th. For more information, visit marvel.com. Alfred Molina has broken the news that he will indeed be returning to the role of Dr. Octopus for Spider-Man No Way Home. Telling Variety, he said, quote, 
When we were shooting it, we were all under orders not to talk about it because it was supposed to be some great big secret. But, you know, it's all over the internet. I actually described myself as the worst kept secret in Hollywood. Now, unquote. Now, he also revealed that director John Watts told him that the movie will pick up right where Doc Ock dropped into the river at the end of Spider-Man 2. Now, No Way Home will be released on December 17th. Now, let's go on to the geek news. Kevin Smith has decided to launch a new studio, Jay and Silent Bob's Crypto Studio, with a plan to sell his new horror anthology movie, Kilroy Was Here, as an NFT or non-fungible token. The director, slash actor, slash comic book creator, slash, well, etc., told Deadline.com, quote, As an indie artist, I'm always looking for a new platform through which to tell a story, and Crypto has the potential to provide that, while also intersecting with our almost 25 years of experiencing of experience selling real-world collectibles online and at the brick-and-mortar Jay and Silent Bob secret stash. Back in 1994, we took Clerks up to Sundance and sold it. Selling Kilroy as an NFT feels very similar. However, whoever buys it could choose to monetize it traditionally or simply own a film that nobody ever sees but them. We're not trying to raise financing by selling NFTs for a Kilroy movie, the complete Kilroy movie, is the NFT. And if this works, we suddenly have a new stage on which I and other better artists than me can tell their, tell our stories, unquote. Now, again, the owner of this NFT will have exclusive rights to exhibit, distribute, and stream the work. Now, Kevin is selling Jay and Silent Bob artwork as NFTs as well. You can find them at crypto.jandsilentbob.com. Now, I've looked at these folks, and they are not cheap, so bring your wallet. The pandemic has claimed the Arclight and Pacific Theaters. The parent company, Ducurion, issued a statement saying, quote, After shutting our doors more than a year ago, today we find we must share the difficult and sad news that Pacific will not be reopening its Arclight cinemas and Pacific Theater locations. This was not the outcome anyone wanted, but despite a huge effort that exhausted all potential options, the company does not have a viable way forward. To all the Arclight and Pacific employees who have devoted their professional lives to making our theaters the very best places in the world to see movies, we're grateful for your service and your dedication to our customers. To our guests and members of the film industry who have made going to the movies such a magical experience over the years, our deepest thanks. It was both it has been an honor and a pleasure to serve you. Unquote. Now, Pacific Theaters is a chain of 300 screens in California, including the ArcLight named theaters, such as the historic Cinerama Dome in Hollywood. Jim uh, Joe Cornish will be writing and directing an adaptation of Mark Miller's comic Starlight for 20th Century Studios. Now, Cornish is best known for directing Attack the Block. Starlight was drawn by Goran Parlov and has been described as Flash Gordon meets The Dark Knight Returns. The comic centered on a space hero who saved the universe 35 years previous, but no one on Earth believes his stories. When suddenly his old rocket shows up, adventure, adventure awaits. Uh, no, time for, uh, no time frame for a release for this project has been given yet. 
The CW's live-action Powerpuff Girls series, Powerpuff, has cast Tom Kenny as the narrator and Robin Lively as Sarah Bellum. Now, Tom Kenny previously voiced the narrator on the animated series as well as other characters. And Robin Lively is best known for the 1999 movie Teen Witch, uh, The Karate Kid Part 3, and recurring roles on Twin Peaks and Doogie Howser, M.D. The 48th Annual Annie Awards were handed out. Now, these are the Animation Awards. Here's a full list of, here's a list of winners for the 48th Annual Awards. Now, I'm going to read some of the big winners. Uh, if you want to read the full list, please head on over to uh, multiversetonight.com and look at the show notes. Uh, winner of Best Feature was Soul from Pixar. The uh, best indie feature was Wolf, Wal- Wolf Walkers from Cartoon Salon, Masseline Productions for Apple and G-Kids. Uh, best TV media general audience was Gendy Tartkowski's primal episode Coven of the Damned from Cartoon Network Studios. Best effects for a feature were went to Soul. Best character animation for a feature also went to Soul. The Mandalorian picked up best character animation live action. Uh, best movie for uh, TV went to Star Wars The Clone Wars, and best f- music for a feature went to Souls Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste. Uh, best storyboarding for a feature went, also went to Soul. Best writing for a feature also went to Soul. Best editorial for a feature went to Soul. So uh, congratulations to Soul and all the other winners. Again, if you want to look at that list, head on over to multiversetonight.com. The fourth Hotel Transylvania movie has gotten a new title and a release date. The movie will be called Hotel Transylvania Transformania. The movie is being billed as the final installment in the franchise. The synopsis for the movie is, quote, Drax Pack is back, and you've never seen them like you've never seen them before. Hotel Transylvania Transformania will be the final chapter of the successful franchise from Sony Pictures Animation, with the first three installments grossing over $1.3 billion at the global box office. Franchise creator Gendy Tartakovsky returns as screenwriter and executive producer alongside Michelle Murdoka and Selena Gomez, who will also reprise her role as Dracula's daughter, Mavis. Now, that's not really descriptive as to what the movie is about, so uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. The movie is set to open in theaters this July 23rd. The Boys spinoff series has cast actress Rihanna Hardesty in its lead role. The series is uh, going to be set in a college within the Boys universe. It's a college for superheroes run by Voight International. Uh, Rihanna Rihanna joins Sean Paul McGee, Amy Sahero, Maddie Phillips, Jazz Sinclair, and Lizzie Broadway in the cast. Amazon has decided to cancel its Lord of the Rings massively multiplayer online role-playing game, which was announced back in 2019. The game had been in development at Amazon Game Studios alongside Chinese-based Liu Technologies Holdings Limited. Unfortunately, Liu was purchased by Tencent Holdings Limited back in December, and the resulting contract negotiations between the two titans of uh, capitalism 
have led to a dispute between Amazon and Tencent, leading to the cancellation of the game. And now, our feature presentation. Those words are all over my childhood. Uh, if you've ever picked up a Disney uh, video cassette back then, uh, you'll recognize that voice. That was the voice of Mark Elliott. Uh, Mark passed away. Uh, he, now, again, he's not a name you'll recognize, but you'll recognize that voice. He was the voice of Disney previews and trailers from 1977 to 2008. Elliot, whose original name was John Harrison Frick Jr., was born in Cedar Rapids, Iowa on September 24, 1939. He started his career in the, the at, in Cedar Rapids as a DJ at a radio station and then worked at various stations in his career in, in Iowa, Ohio, Ontario, and San Francisco, and finally in Los Angeles in 1970. Now, after a 32-year career in radio, he branched out into voiceover work in 1977. Now, his first paid work was the voiceover for the trailer for Smokey and the Bandit. He would also voice the radio ad campaign for Star Wars and the rom-com The Goodbye Girl. Now, all three became successful, and with their success, it catapulted his voiceover career. In 1977, he was hired to provide the voiceover for the theatrical re-release of Walt Disney's Cinderella, which began an association with Disney that would last well into the 2000s. He would voice trailers, narrate the magical world of Disney, and provide voiceovers for previews and bumpers on home video release. Now, he said about the experience with Disney, quote, you think about decisions that were made and paths that were chosen and all that sort of thing. And working for Disney for me is the defining moment in my career, in my life, not just my career, but in my life. Because it did what, because it did is gave me this identity, which continues to this day. Being the voice of Disney is a wonderful touchstone for my career. If that's the identity that I carry with me for the rest of my life, I wouldn't have it any other way, unquote. Now, Mark died in a Los Angeles hospital after suffering two heart attacks. He also was battling lung cancer at the time. Mark Elliott was 81 years old. And that will bring us to the end of the comic book news. Uh, now, be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you'd like to contribute some money, check out the show notes, visit the Tee Public store, and so much more, just head over to the brand new multiversetonight.com. If you're, uh, if you'd like to, uh, if you're a subscriber, be sure to share us with friends. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and, uh, tell us how we're doing. Now, a special thanks to Shane Ivers for the intro music and Lobo Loco for the outro theme music. Thanks for watching the comic book edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new sci-fi and comic book edition. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions. Copyright 2021. All right. Reserved.